BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast, episode 17. This is the Schmo. I'm joined with my co-host. Helen Esports. Helen, we're going to get into it momentarily. The Schmo's taken over. We're going to introduce our guest today via Skype, Kevin Holland, 17 and 5, the trailblazer. Kevin, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. The best I can. Now talk to me you? for... Uh, where we can't complain. The Schmo can never complain. Talk to me for a second. The Schmo was really looking forward to doing this in person. The Schmo and the Pro with you. You're coming here May 30th, UFC Fight Night. We just saw you over in Jacksonville. Impressive victory in the first round. What happened to your shoulder, Kevin? Man, you know what? I can't I can't actually put a number on it. I think it's just old injury. just tends to flare up once I'm going too long, too strong. So it was like um, I was feeling good. I was feeling great. You know what I mean? I think I was just staying high off the victory, kept training. You know what I mean? Kept kept getting the weight down, kept getting the weight down. I was all walking around 185.6. You know what I mean? Feeling good. Uh, woke up Friday. Shoulder was kind of hard to move. I was like, I'll be all right. Did some of the exercises the PI gave me from back when I had to get a rehab from when I fought Alicio DeShirio. I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. Went to sparring on Saturday. Woke up Sunday morning, couldn't even raise it above my head. I was like, oh, what's going on? Had the doctor come through, looked at it, said some things weren't looking right inside there. Ultimately, my manager and my coach was like, your shoulder's not even more than 50%. We ain't letting you fight. So your boy got pulled toward the vaginal muscle. Yes. So when was it completely official? Because you know how the MMA journalists are. They hounded on all this story a few hours back. Did you make the decision officially this morning? No, I think the decision was officially made through the coaches uh, yesterday. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yesterday was made. wasn't official until nighttime. I stayed on the diet. You know what I mean? Kept going, kept going. I was still down. You know what I mean? I wanted to do it. I was like, I use my left. You know what I mean? Got my kicks. I can still throw the elbow a little bit. I should be good to go. You know, um, coach said, push this way with the arm, push that way with the arm. Caught it a wrap. So what's the timeline look like for recovery? Because the Schmo heard you say you want to fight three, four times this year. We were talking off air a little bit ago about some PRP treatment. Uh, what's the recovery look like and what's the plan going to be? So PRP, from what I understand, is it speeds up the recovery process. Last time I did shoulder rehab, it took about four to six weeks to get all the way back right. You know what I mean? But I was well, I was able to train, I think, with after like two, three weeks, I was able to get back from the gym and kind of do some things, but I had to keep doing rehab. So honestly, I think the PR, the PRP, I think that's what it's called, right? I think with that, I think it should make it like way, way faster. So, and I, I like to think that I got like that Wolverine blood, you know what I mean? I heal really quick. So 
honestly, it's like uh, if I can just get the shoulder to 75%, I'm down the fight. You know what I mean? It's like uh, if I can if I can pull a fast one on the coaches and my manager where they look at my shoulder and they go, oh, he looks good, you know, look good in sparring or something, I'm fighting. You know what I mean? It's like uh, if I can get it right for June 20th or the 1st of July, it's like I'm still trying to get in there. I still want my same fight. I still want the same opponent. You know what I mean? I see he was training with the uh, John Wood. I trained with John. Only other coach I ever trained with besides, uh, you know, well, I trained over there at Millennia when I was younger. But only other coach I really ever trained with besides Travis Luter and, and Dermot Lamb and uh, Suge Dorsey, you know what I mean, besides my guys, you know, is uh, John Wood. You know, I spent a little time over there in Vegas. I see John Wood's over there helping him. I'm like, dang, that'd be fun. See if they got, let's see if they see what they got. You know what I mean? Let's see if they came up with something. I like that fight. Now it intrigues me. Does that fight take precedent over a Mickey Gall fight? Because you liked Mickey Gall a little bit more a couple weeks ago. Uh, so this is the way I look at it. If I snipe this guy, Mickey Gall's still a name. You know what I mean? I can still snipe Mickey Gall. If I snipe Mickey Gall, this guy's not as big of a name as Mickey Gall. It puts him in the back burner. I no longer get to snipe him. If I can snipe him, snipe Mickey Gall, jump back up to 85, snipe Vittori, jump back down, snipe some more guys at 70, I'm a happy man. That's still four fights in a year. You know what I mean? Just missing one more. I mean, still trying to snipe some guys. You know what I mean? The year's definitely not over. Kevin Howland, he's looking to go from 170, 185, wherever the better name and opportunity is. Now, the UFC's come out saying that they're going to make this octagon 25 feet as opposed to 30 feet. Want to get your thoughts on that. What would have been your fight protocols been? When would you have been traveling to Las Vegas for this UFC fight night? Because we all know that the travel schedule and the schedule in general is in kind of like chaos with this COVID-19 situation. So it was supposed to be this morning, early this morning, we would have took off and we would have gotten to the DFW airport. We would have pulled up to Vegas. We would have been out there around like, I think about 12 noon clock. When we got that coronavirus test all over again, which I'm looking forward to doing, uh, then uh, would have been. I, I'm not really worried about the octagon. You know what I mean? I used to fight an XKO, and that octagon was tiny. You know what I mean? It was like, I think 15 or something like that, if that. So it's like 25 is still a lot of room to run, still a lot of room to move, still a lot of room to do my thing. I can dance all over that thing. I like it. You know, it's uh, it's plenty of space for me. But yeah, I'd have been out there today, and we would have got we would have got to work, and it would have been. It would have been another victory. It would have just been a left-handed victory. And it would have been an honor for the Schmo to hear that good trash talking and chirping inside of the Apex, unless it would have been like your other fight where it ended too soon. Now, since you got a big mouth and everyone points <laughs> that out, man, who's the top trash talkers in MMA history, in your opinion? Who's maybe top two or top three? Uh, top three. Number one, Conor McGregor. Number two. Chell Sonnen. Number three. We're just going to leave it open because it's going to be me. It's going to be you. What about, like, you're not going to throw in a, a Joanna Young Jacek in there? Just throwing in some females in there, spicing up a little bit. What is she, not, not any love for her? I don't like the way, I, I don't, I don't like, I, I like, I love the way they, I love the way, I love the way JJ fights. I just I, I'm not really a fan of her, her trash talking. Ronda Rousey, I met her in person. Her energy that she put in person was way better than the trash talk that she tried to persuade. Uh, it's a certain it's a certain way to talk trash, man. Like talking trash don't always mean talking bad about the person. You know what I mean? It just means you got to put it together. And you got to put it together right. So it's like uh, some of those people are kind of trashy with it. I ain't saying them necessarily, but some people are kind of trashy with it, and it just doesn't come out right. You know, and some of those people just 
they just need to stop. It's not them, you know? Just give us who you are, you know? And it's like, uh, now we were talking about kings of, of online memes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I guess I guess Israel Sanya. So I guess if we put that in trash talking, he's top three. You know what I mean? It's like that that'd be the way to put it. You know what I mean? Uh other than that, no, I don't know, man. I don't none of the girls ring a bell yet on the trash talking. You know, um maybe Meatball. Not Meatball, not, not Meatball. Who's the other one? I don't know. I'm gonna get back to you on that, Shmo. That's fair. That's you. fair play. Now you fought in a lot of organizations. We're talking about the King of the Cage. We're talking about LFA, Bellator, and now you got the UFC, of course. How do the other organizations stack up to the UFC? And we're not just talking about the competition. We, we kind of know that, but we're talking about the other things, the facilities, the training regiments. How does all the other elements come into play? Okay, so. We're gonna do a top three on those. Let's do a top three on Let's those. Let's do a top three. Why we not? Got number one, of course. Yeah, number one, of course, UFC, right? Premier, everything's great. Everything's on schedule. Everything's done right. Very professional. Can't argue with it. And it's a good time, right? And even if you show up to the event, you're having a good time. Number two, definitely XKO, right? I fought for XKO a lot. Maybe I'm biased about it. You know what I mean? A lot of my sponsors came from there. But ain't no party like an XKO party. You know what I mean? And you beat Jeff you Neal there, too. We go have a good time. And yeah, I beat Jeff Neal there. I knocked out uh, Bubba McDaniel there. You know what I mean? I've, I've had fun there. You know, that was it's just no party like an XKO party. And then number three, I'd have to say, dude, I hate to do Bellator like this because I like Bellator, but I didn't fight at the top of Bellator, so I don't know how it is when you're at the top. But I got to say number three was Legacy. When Mick Maynard was working for Legacy... That was fun. That that was that was fun. That was that was fun. I mean, I liked it. Even when I showed up to the events, I loved it. While we're at it and we're talking about top threes, a lot of noise made over the weekend about this MMA GOAT thing. Who's your top three in the MMA GOAT conversation? So I feel Daniel Formay completely when he says when you, you pop, it kind of like takes your name away. But like for a long time, nobody was getting popped, right? So a long time, that that was that was just part of the game. So we're gonna go number one. I gotta say, John Jones. You know what I mean? Number two, GSP. Number three, Anderson Silva. That's good. You That's know? a good list. But, and, yeah, and then if we're and then if we're talking about people, they've been popped. I'm gonna say number one, Daniel Cormier. Number two, Henry Cejudo. Number three, Conor McGregor. I love when they call him Henry Cejudo and not Cejudo. The J silent. J is not silent. Who cares? Just call him the cringe guy. Um, you know, the you brought guy. up John Jones. Now, a lot of people thought when he fought Tiago Santos, it could have gone either way. And Tiago Santos was on kind of two bad legs and he still performed great. The schmo was there at UFC 227 when you fought Tiago Santos and lost that decision to him. But hey, man, this is a guy who's Obviously, fighting at light heavyweight, fighting you in a, a lower weight division. Is he your toughest opponent? What is Tiago rate against your toughest opponents? Tiago, out of, I, you know what I mean? I got five losses. I got choked twice. You know what I mean? I think I, I think I got two bad decisions, but it is what it is. And Tiago Santos is honestly a guy who beat the snot out of me. You know what I mean? He said he was going to beat me up and, and, and do me bad everywhere. He did me bad everywhere but jiu-jitsu. So, you know, it's like hats off to Diago Santos. Toughest fight. Yeah, 
Toughest fight for sure, for sure. I felt like I feel like every every step of the fight, except for when I had that Kimura trap, I was behind, dude. He was like, I asked him about Santa Claus when we got on the ground after trying to throw up that omoplata, and he just started like boom, 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 boom. It was it was bad. It was bad. Santa you know, Claus? Was bad. That was the thing going through your mind at that position, Santa Claus? Yeah, I was like, Are you naughty or nice? And he started pounding on me. I guess he I guess he thought it was a dirty sex joke or something. He was naughty. That nice. Hey, I guess I <laughs> guess Christmas didn't go his way that that year a couple of years ago, right? Too, too too many coals in the bag. Too many coals in the bag. It got good after. It got good after that, though, right? Yes, he did. Started knocking everybody out. He did. He did. So, do you got a final message? I wish we could be doing this in person, but we will. The schmo's either going to be coming out to you Dude. in the great state of Texas, or we're going to just have to oh, figure it out. If you you come out here. Come out when the sun's out. We're going to go to 7th Street. We're going to have some fun. Look, final message. I'm going to give a shout-out to my boys. His birthday. birthday. Real dude holiday. Shout-out Austin Powers. The original Austin Powers. Yes, his name is really Austin Powers. And, uh, dude, 170. I've seen a few comments. I still read the comments. seen a few comments saying, oh, he couldn't make weight. He couldn't make weight. Next fight, we'll be at 170 pounds. Next fight, we'll be at 170 pounds. If D-Rod wants to wait four weeks and fight June 20th or fight the first week of July, I'm down for that. If he wants to go scrap somebody else and I got to come back and fight somebody else, I'm down for that too. But 170, somebody's getting sniped soon as I get back on the field. There we go. Get that PRP treatment. We'll talk about it. Four to six weeks. We've done it in the Schmoes meniscus. It heals. It's a much better alternative than surgery. He's the pro. Kevin Holland, appreciate your time. You joined the Schmo Zone. Let's go, Schmo. (laughs) You're the man. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. See you very soon. Very soon. Take care. That's Kevin Howland, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the reason why we started off this podcast is the schmo. Helen, some pretty breaking news there. And I appreciate your patience. Hey, the schmo's got to do what the schmo's got to do. So I will sit sit back and I enjoyed that interview. Your guys' energy and chemistry Really, it's really good. I think um, I'm just going to be myself now. I'm going to be uh, David here because uh, there's a theme for our entire week of me going in and out of character and out of character. But he just broke some great news there. And that's part of why we do the Schmo character. Let me take this off for a second in the jacket. By the way, love this jacket. Andrew, UK Blazers. Blazers, baby. I think we put it out there before. Team Blazers, UK. Amazing. <laughs> Andrew making the custom Schmo jacket. We appreciate Wait, you. Before you take it off, you have to spin around because the back yes. is a bit underrated. Yes. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. It's we, worth we it. Sh- we should show that. Yeah. Look back at it. Do you see it? Oh, wait. The chair is in the way. You have to squat a bit. You good? Yeah. Yeah. Like the RVD <laughs> pointing. All right, I'm going to take this off. Got to be myself. I know. So, uh, before we get into that, though, I have to ask you, I mean, what what is that transition like and how how much time do you actually need to get in that zone to become the schmo? You kind of know these answers, but let's fill it in. Well, everybody. no, I, I'm asking for the people. Yes. Yes. For the schmoes. Oh, for sure. So um, it's <laughs> that's a great question. Though. Let's open and then let's get back to Kevin Holland. because yes. He just broke some news. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but um, so I'll, I'll get over this. So. Basically, I'd love to love to take a shower between being myself and being in character. It's all about how you do the hair. 
The schmostache is something uh, that we're leaving during quarantine. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Helen. You know, because my younger it. brother reminded you. Yeah, too. it's you know, he's a schmo fan. Got a shout out to your younger brother, Rich. Richard. He's the man. Yeah. He's staying with us right now. Yes, it's better here than New York for where he's at. So, um, just being character. The yellow glasses make it. I know I'm in character when the glasses are on. When the hair is spoofed over, so that's why you saw I just run the hair up uh, when I know I'm back on, off of character. Obviously, I love doing the turtleneck. You could feel, you could feel the heat from the cloth from the material um, while I have the turtleneck on. But it's a pretty seamless transition, you know. Uh, at the glasses, glasses on schmo, glasses off no schmo. Wow. So the shower, it's like it showers it off. Showers. It's like a cleaning. It. It's a cleansing. Um, all right, so Kevin Holland, next fight going to be at 170. Yes. Hurt his shoulder, needs PRP treatment. Ironically, we were just in San Diego. For PRP, PRP literally treatment. on, you got that done Friday or Thursday. Thursday. And that's why, yeah. like, we were in San Diego to go to shout out to Dr. Cohen, by the mm -hmm. way. Uh, he's affiliated with Regenix. Um, amazing procedures. Like, I first found out about PRP treatment like 10, 15 years ago when, like, Kobe Bryant uh, of the Lakers, Brian Erlacher, my Chicago Bears, they went there, knee injuries, where they take out your blood. It's not steroids or anything illegal. They take out your blood. I think for me, they took out 15 tubes of blood. But before they did all this, by the way, they tested me for COVID 19 again. We're negative. Thank you. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, so they uh, take out 15 tubes of blood. Then they need to spin it and take out all the platelets, and then they inject it back into my my torn meniscus, and I guess I had excess fluid that they drained from my quad, and they put uh, just knee uh, knee wear and tear. I was going to develop arthritis. Yeah, logged because in. of long distance running. Yeah, you know I've done uh, some marathons. I've done half Ironmans. You know all the triathlon stuff we brought up on the podcast yeah. before. All of the the near and tear wear and tear my legs from thousands of miles of running and my. Lifetime is but you are causing. feeling better. Oh my god. It's been like what four days My yeah. knee is feeling better than did prior to the procedure even right? It's not mm -hmm. like with a torn meniscus You can't go up and down stairs and stuff. It's just like making lateral movements and cuts Athletic things doing squats and lunges your range of motions limited and then you get in a lot of pain, but with this procedure um, Within a week's time in the way it's healing now and just putting some CBD on top of it too for recovery I, I yeah, it's amazing it's it's on the mend and they just inject it back in you they and inject then that's it. it yeah i mean obviously it, it pinches it stings you got a I fat know, needle but i mean i'm saying like yeah you don't need to be put to sleep no 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 it's so much better they than don't surgery cut you open right you know the the i guess so prp and then there's stem cell treatment too which is even more advanced but no it's the science and technology now they're literally taking your blood and Reinjecting it in you. Obviously, they're spinning it. They're taking the platelets from the blood. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, I'm not a scientist, but yeah. this stuff has worked. They did it for my left knee. I had two tears of my left meniscus. Same doctor, Dr. Cohen. And my left knee, you know, ever since that procedure, best it felt since I was 19 years old, you know, mm -hmm. and by the time I was 22, 23, I was having that knee pain. And then I think I got the first procedure when I was 28 or 29. And yeah, my left knee's great. And my right knee's about to be great. And did you not schlog it? We schlogged it. Uh, we're creating some cont content out, out of it. Thanks for introducing it. We are starting the schlog series. That will be the teaser or episode one. Still to be determined, but take a look out for that on the YouTube channel. But circling back to Kevin, hope he gets well soon. I hope he gets well soon. Um, man, he went from 185, fighting a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. in Jacksonville, fighting Huge to 170 win. now. Huge win. 
Uh, great personality. Yeah. And I was so looking forward to doing this in person. That's why... I know you were going to do that this week. Yeah, that's why I think uh, I showed up here for the podcast in character when I found out, hey, he's he's hurt. We're not going to be able to interview him this week. Shoot, just get him on the podcast now. Of Switch course. up all of our plans that we had for this, the elaborate plans we have for the podcast today. Just, nope, uh, we got to break some news here. Kevin Holland. Yeah, and I have to say 17 episodes in, that was the first time you were the schmo doing an interview like live in here. Hey, wh- what what did we? I you're 100 right. What did we say from the get go? We want to switch it up every single week. The schmo yes. zone. We're not going to do the same repetitive stuff behind the scenes. Heart and hustle. When we found out um, from all the reportings, the first article we probably read MMA junkie yes. uh, reporting that he was out. Uh, we're like, shoot, let's get on. Uh, uh, let's get on the horn. Let's get let's get the man himself, and let's let's yeah. break some news. Let's figure out what's going on when he's coming back, how he's really doing. He's in good spirits, and uh, we'll get back back in there. Four to six weeks. He said June twentieth. Is that what he said? June twentieth. I mean, that's 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 a quick. Uh, no, I, I was surprised when they announced that he was fighting this weekend because we were literally just in Jacksonville watching his fight we we were but he did say he want to have a fight and he was he was open-minded in our press conference well, to, of course, to the quick turnaround. yeah but then uh you know we asked him who's the most uh biggest trash talkers uh, you know great there and then the goat conversation might as well get his opinion because that's been the headways of this week this mma goat yeah, conversation but we kind of have to preface maybe a little of how it kind of started because not only were we in san diego for your knee but then we stopped by Michael Bisping's house, right? We went to Bisping's house on Friday. His dogs love you. Yes, that was <laughs> great. So uh, let's let's give a little background to that. So yeah. when we were leaving Jacksonville, we we saw Mike. We always see him when he's covering the fight night cards. He's doing the broadcast. And uh, we're after the show, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to have to go down to San Diego for a day. We're going to get mm-hmm. this knee procedure on our way back. We'll stop through to Orange County. Let's do an interview. He's like, yeah, hop on our podcast. Hop on my podcast. We'll do an interview. So we both do the interview with him. Then we go on his podcast. Uh, excellent times, by the way. We went poolside. That was a fun interview for he both of us. He has a cool pool. It's hey, a that cool room. house. I, well, of course, but I love the water slide. The water slide's good. Do you know what's so funny is I, I did read the comments. Everyone's like, he he's in like a half mansion. They keep what bringing does that, that mean? I don't know what that is means. Is that a joke? I, I, th- I think or it's a like joke. Or like a Twitter thing? A Twitter thing. I don't know. You know me and Twitter. I'm not huge on yeah. Twitter. I'm more Instagram. But it's like I think of it and I look back at it. That's a pretty good way to describe his house, a half mansion. Because <laughs> it has all the elements of a mansion, but it's not maybe the size of a mansion, but it's got the elements of a mansion. I don't know. Yeah. You went into the guest bedroom to change. I didn't go in any of the bedrooms outside of his office. No, I went to office. the restroom. Oh, his restroom. Yeah. How, how was the restroom? Was it a mansion-like restroom? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so so Bisbing and I brought, I don't know how it came up, but you know, I titled it with Connor McGregor, and we talked about... Yeah, because uh, how does the goat so thing you come up? didn't you ask Bisping about who you thought the goat? I did not ask him about who the goat was, um, but um, the... Some, something about John Jones. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's what it was. Yes, exactly what it was. He was like, he was talking about John Jones and this and that, and he's like, oh, well, if you didn't have the uh, the picograms or the steroids, he'd be the goat. And then I said, oh, so who is your MMA goat? It wasn't making a Mount Rushmore yeah. or ranking goats. It was like, oh, so you don't think John Jones is the goat? Who is your goat? And then he got into it, and I also labeled um, the title of that YouTube video 
um, it's one of my most recent ones on there about how uh, he thinks that Conor McGregor's next fight should be Nate Diaz, so yes. the trilogy. So our theory, the hypothesis over here in this camp between Helen and I is that, you know, Connor saw that, Connor watched it, he heard the goat thing, and then he weighed in in the conversation because the timing's just too coincidental, I- irony, I mean. Yeah, and what was the title of it? It was, oh, yeah, the uh, Connor Michael Bisping thinks or explains Con- uh, Connor McGregor should fight Nate Diaz yeah. next. Yeah, so that is my hypothesis. It's it works. So that kind of sparked that whole thing. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, in terms of the goat, though, uh, sure. Like if let's have our conversation, because I think all that stuff's relevant on there. The one thing I have to say is I can't I can't take it seriously when everyone's leaving off like Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is for sure in the goat conversation. I think you have to look at the people that are champ champs uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Jones. I can hear the argument all day. You can say he's the GOAT. And then I'll also entertain GSP, who's also yeah. won a belt in two different weight weight divisions and argue, arguably the greatest welterweight of all time. Anderson he's right there in Anderson Silva. Those three who Kevin Holland said, I completely mm-hmm. agree. But then you're talking about other people in the conversation. I hear people bring up Daniel Cormier, yeah. uh, Habib, rightfully so. Connor, if you want to throw himself in there, um, great. But don't leave out Amanda Fedor, I've heard people bring him up, but... And yeah. and let's talk about um, those types of people, like the Fedors, right? Um, the uh, I guess you put DJ up there, Demetrius, Mighty Mouse Johnson, and Henry Cejudo too. Yeah. So um, then you have the argument of people that have been in the sport and left too late versus the people in the sport that yes. are leaving too long. And that was something I want to bring up because Ben Askren did tweet yeah. something about it. How he said like Fedor, according to his tweet. Fedor and BJ would have had cases had they retired earlier. That makes it interesting. I think you make Anderson Silva's case stronger if he retired earlier. Like, why take the Israel Adesanya fight, you know, and the mm-hmm. and the other fights that he did later on? Oh, and I guess he's still technically not retired and still active right now. But you can make the same argument for Anderson Silva. Obviously, GSP left out on top. Henry Cejudo, Triple C, is leaving out on top. Um, but there are, but the same thing with Fedor, like you have to put in consideration in that way too. Uh, Mighty Mouse is interesting, but then Henry beat Mighty Mouse. Exactly. I, I really do believe, I mean, Henry Cejudo, like, and we'll talk about his, I guess it was his retirement, the rumors of what it really was, which was not a true retirement and then back into retirement. But I really do believe Henry Cejudo one of the greatest combat athletes of all time. So here's what I would say about that and how the conversation is different. So we're talking greatest MMA fighter of all time. Yeah. The GOAT and versus greatest combat sports athlete of all time. And I think Henry Cejudo is the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Yeah. Think about it. Because when, he, can you argue when he won his it? Olympic gold medal in wrestling, that's a different weight class, right? And then mm-hmm. obviously winning at flyweight, winning at bantamweight. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the cherry on top for him to be the absolute goat in MMA is if he actually went for C4 and then fought Volkanovski and beat oh Volkanovski. Like, yeah. for if I'm Henry Cejudo and, you know, Henry and I have these good conversations, I do think he's retired. I think it's a money situation too and pride as well. I don't think he would come back and I think if you're to ask me what percent chance and, you know, people have asked me, my dad even asked me last night, he's like, hey, do you think Henry's coming back? I think 80% chance he's retired, stays retired. 20% 
he comes back. And that 20% is contingent on the financial situation and the name of the fighter. He's not going to come back just to fight a Peter Yan, right? He has nothing more to, to mm -hmm. prove in the flyweight division. He's content that he lost to Joe Benavidez, right? Yeah. But because he's even more content that he beat DJ Mighty Mouse, exactly. who he considers the GOAT. Um, and then Bantamweight, he got the title, he defended the title, and he uh, defended it against Marlon Marais, who was the number one contender, and then Dominic Cruz, who many consider the greatest Bantamweight of all time. And if you don't mm -hmm. consider Dominic Cruz the greatest Bantamweight of all time, do you consider TJ Dillashaw the greatest Bantamweight of all time? Because I can accept that, and he beat both those guys. Exactly. So He stopped them. And he stopped both of them. So what does he have left to prove in both those divisions that would only leave featherweight and i think that volkanovsky just because of size is a far better matchup than let's say a max blessed holloway and throw True. in guys like korean zombie yeah. throw in the yair rodriguez's the brian ortega's yeah, korean zombie trains with yeah, him their teammates at fight ready shout out eddie cha amazing striking coach i feel i, I love know. that name and i feel like eddie amazing cha, game plan he doesn't get enough credit eddie cha so i'm just going to give him credit but you did to also talk to captain eric about a scene who we've had on this podcast before and he told he told you he was a was he surprised by definitely surprised the by because but he felt it was real too. Oh yeah, because uh, he I love Coach uh, Eric Abadasin, captain. Uh, he lives the cringe like Henry. And uh, no, he's definitely shocked. They're talking about he's talking about calling out other people, which he typically does. He's like Henry, call out this person, call that person. Henry is such a good dude. Like and when you know him as a person, that he there's so many different mouths he feeds and so many different people's ears uh, that he listens uh, that he that he opens up to different sorry, sorry I completely botched that so many different mouths he opens his ears to listen to regardless if he does it or not he gives people the time of day and yeah. um yeah I don't think I think captain's been there for him from the very beginning from his first MMA match from his first um from what he did at the Olympic trials Olympic games being in there in Colorado the Olympic facility he's been with Henry for all the important milestones along the way so he knows. When Henry says he's True. done, he's done. He's, he's not Michael Jordan where he goes to plays baseball and then he comes to retires. He when he when he's said things in the past, the precedent has been set that he follows through with doing those. Yes. I hey, I completely agree. And I know that like you said you and Henry have deep conversations very often. So, <laughs> yeah, the first time uh, you were there the first time I met him, and I'm the Schmoen character. I think he had just won the uh, the belt, one of his belts. Well, it was probably after the DJ belt. And um, he's doing a charity thing for the underprivileged kids in the Phoenix metropolitan area. And as the Schmo, I go up to him, and I just, hey, let, let the Schmo hold this belt, carry this belt. I was like, oh, okay, Schmo, and he was reluctant. Okay, Schmo, you can hold the belt. He wasn't sure of it. And then, um, you know, then the next time I met him, he was like, we're outside of a f hotel after a fight. Um, um, he was there probably promoting one of his upcoming fights. He's waiting for an Uber and we just shot the shit for 10 minutes and uh, we got to Wasn't that other. after the presser? Which one? 236. I think it was after 236 in Atlanta now that you bring it up. Yeah, it was. And so it, he had just saw it. He was there yeah. on stage when I said it. So I think, I think he appreciated it. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I was going to say something and then I blanked. It's okay. I was probably talking too much. No, it's okay. We start out with a bang in this podcast. Oh, we'll I was going to say too, um, 
Yeah, and then speaking of podcasts, and then you were just on Bisping's podcast. And then it was just on Bisping's podcast, yeah, that aired it last night. Um, Mike is super freaking talented. DC, he is. Daniel Cormier is super talented. Probably, yeah. but like you think of like the, like an MMA, it's like highest credentials, like inside the octagon, and then what he's doing outside the octagon, Daniel Cormier. But Bisping mm-hmm. is right there. He's catching up. Bisping is so good on the mic and that English accent, which a lot of people and I guess in the UK are saying he's sounding more American by the day, but to us he just sounds as English as ever. Um he's charismatic, he's got a great accent. I know, I love his energy. And he's funny. Yes. And we let's talk about that too. He's entertaining. It's like we talk about this all the time. It's like um when people want to associate me or other people as comedians, if you have to label yourself as a funny guy or comedian uh, or if you have to try to be funny, chances are you're not funny. Like yeah. I don't find people that call themselves comedians are that are funny. You can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna be a comedian. I want to be, and they have to work for it. Like you're either funny or you're not. I look at someone True. like Dave Portnoy with Barstool Sports, who I watch his one bite pizza reviews all the time. That guy's just naturally funny. He can go up on stage and do stand up comedy for the first time and be freaking good at it. Like. I feel like I have some of those elements. I'm probably not as funny as him, but there's so many stand-up comics or so many comedians out there that have to try so freaking hard. Wait, but speaking of It's not of that, funny. No, I, hey, I completely agree that sometimes if you have to say like, hey, I'm this or I'm that. But Bisping's funny and Bisping oh, could be a comedian. So that's that's what that's the point I'm trying to get is yes. Bisping could be a comedian. He's that funny. Shout Low out key. to Michael Bisping. He's awesome. Um, but remember that one time, and I'm not going to name names, but- we watched this comedian and he really wasn't funny. And then everyone kind of like fell asleep in the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do watch a lot of comedians. Uh, being the schmo and living in LA for five years, I became friends with a bunch of comedians, um, go to improv classes, um, watch people. I've never actually, like in college, uh, I, at the University of Arizona, went to yeah. school. I did, I was like um, in a uh, theater class, I think, sophomore year. Just because it was oh. an elective and it was easy to do, and there's yeah, like the ten easy kids in the class. A's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, technically, it was an honors class because I was an honor student. Wait, oh. theaters honors? It was like an honors elective. Oh. Who cares? I was only yeah. in the honors college, so I could register for classes first. Oh, okay. It was just a little secret component. I didn't like graduate with honors. In fact, like my Fun senior fact. year, I only like went to class for half the amount of times and did the rest of online classes. Uh, it's okay. College anyway, was fun. Carry I went to on. the greatest college in the world for four years. Yeah, um, carry on. So, um, so yeah. So basically, comedians. If you the theme behind this is if you have to like literally try and and like literally do like, chances are you're not really funny. But I do give them props. Anyone that can go on stage and it must be the worst feeling when you're one of the unfortunate not funny ones. And then no one's laughing. They're just giving you that blank stare, kind of booing you off stage. No question. It's got to be one of the toughest things to do. Stand-up comedy. And I told you this. I have to do it one time before I die. I have to do it. I'm, I play a freaking character. I'm going to do it eventually. Stand-up comedy. As a but, schmo or Dave? Uh, who knows? Well, it's still too to be determined. I can't even make up my mind, my mind for this podcast with the B for half the time. Um, I could just make up a new character. You know, I've been in the works for other characters True. from time to time. But um, yeah, so I think, I've said this before on a different podcast, the who cares less holds all the power. If you're up there on stage and you can give two craps if people are laughing or not laughing, 
the most important thing I think, and I've never done this before, is if you can laugh at yourself. Not talking about, oh, laugh out loud, ha, 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 I'm going to this. But if you can literally just sit there and laugh at yourself, whether you're doing it on the outside, but most importantly, you're doing it on the inside, that's all that counts. But I feel like some people's jokes, you've heard it so often, or it's the delivery, right? Yeah. Delivery, del it's yeah. body language, that's key. Like one of my guys, because he grew up 15 minutes from me, like 10, 15 years older. He, I do love this stand-up comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco, just because I can relate to that because we grew up in a similar area. His body mannerisms are extremely funny. It's not even so much for his jokes. It's just his mm -hmm. body language, and I think that's key. And I think for, for the Schmo character, everyone talks about, oh, he moves his mouth and everything. Yeah, yeah, dickwad, of course. That's <laughs> part of the comedy. I got to move my mouth. He's going hard. And I got to look at the different... <laughs> no, I just thought it was a funny word to say. It's a funny word when you call people dickwads, right? Dickwad. Hey, dickwad. I don't think I've ever called anyone a dickwad. That's all right. I yeah. mean, I've called them a... I'm not going to say it, but... Okay. But I've thought of it. Yeah. So, eventful week then. So, from mm -hmm. the time we recorded our last podcast to this podcast... As Helen mentioned, uh, go to San Diego, get those knee injections, stay on the lookout for the first vlog because of that. That's a great name. And then we go to Bisping's house and we do this piece and eventually we're going to have him here in studio and Bisping's going to be on the podcast sooner than later. I'm for, excited. For I say. He's great. It was it was a great time talking to him. And then he had to ask me those questions too. Is that what oh, you're going to get at? Yeah, you knew. You read my mind or you can... You probably looked at my computer before, huh? I did not. No, go oh. for it. No, I I was just going to say that some of his questions were a bit personal. But hey, I mean, I will give him props because um, a lot of people have interviewed you, right? And his questions were very entertaining. It was fun. It was unique. Like, I was freaking dying laughing in the background. But um, it got a bit personal, a couple of them. Right. It's so funny, too, because he, he I don't know if it's planned. He tries to soften the blow or not. But we're walking in to do the podcast in his office room there. And um, he sets everything up. He's like, Shmo, I don't do this before. Right, let me let me see if I can do his UK accents. Hey, Schmidt. No, sh <laughs> I can't do it. See, now you put me on. So I can't do it. Shmo, I've got to ask you a question, Shmo. I'm not an interviewer. I'm not as good as you, Shmo. I'm sorry, Bisping, if I suck at this. I'm just doing my best on the whim. Shmo, I'm not an interviewer, but let me ask you some tough questions, all right? I'm not good at this. I'm not the interviewer, but let's just have fun. Got nothing prepared, and let's just go for it, mate. That's the best I could do. It probably sucked. But yeah, so then we just go for it. And then he just starts drilling me on this stuff. And then half work, like it's a 15 minute thing we do. And then five minutes in, because I'm in character, just like how we started this podcast. He's like, all right, be Dave, be Dave. And then he, I'm Dave. And the questions get even harder. <laughs> you want to get into any of that? Uh, hard er. Hard er. No, take it where you want. I'm not going to speak for you. Where, where are you taking this, Helen? No, I'm saying the clip you posted on your Instagram. You really want me to talk about that right now? Yeah, why? Why? I mean, we we aren't awkward. We got brains in the room. Why don't you have the elephant in the room? Come on. If you're the schmo, if you schmo it up in the bedroom, if I schmo it up in the bedroom, gosh, see, that's a great question, right? And I guess that there's is, only two... I, I think a lot of people have been wondering. And I know there's only two people who can answer that question, and they're both talking in their mo microphones and sitting within six feet from each other. Sorry, CDC, but we are sitting within six feet from each other and we sleep within six feet from each other, too, in the same bedroom. So, yeah, yeah fun um, fact. but OK, so let's just address how I answered it then and say if it's 
truthful or not, and we are truthful people, sometimes in the schmo room? Sometimes? No times? All the time? With your glasses on? With the, gla- ha- with the glasses on? No. Yes? <laughs> I... She's leaving everybody just as confused as they were if they listened to Bisbing's podcast. I know. Well, because that's the thing. I just... But but but, but can we at least establish this that so in our guest bedroom it is more schmo themed in our bedroom it's oh, a normal bedroom. Oh, it is be- schmo themed. Yeah, but it our is bedroom your is is bedroom. your but our bedroom is like your bedroom. It's your themed. There's nothing. It's bland. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and FYI, I'm the type I'll probably wear the same dress every day. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, but so that's that's our bedroom. That's our master bedroom. That's what it's like. So we keep our master bedroom that style, and then we keep the schmo room a different style. So are you implying that you're keeping the master bedroom myself for me? Because if not, you would have schmoed that room up too. No, too much schmo. And I said this, you can't be schmo 24-7 all the time. Yeah. Like, it's going to lose its lust, its lure. It's It's got to be spot, it's got to be precision. And you got to, timing is everything in life, and especially with a character. So, no, uh, I don't think so. There's no way. I'm not that egotistical. Come on. Come on. You're right. You're not right. all the time. Not all I'm the just time. Kidding. Yeah, so, okay, so he asked that. And then, of course, he has to ask, uh, the journalist questions. Oh yeah, he brought up the Ariel Helwani yeah. thing. And and again, I, I've, I'm never going to second guess anything I say. But I literally have nothing bad to say about anyone. To each their own. They do all their own thing, their own style. And the character was created because this entire industry is kind of like in the same exact bubble, the same exact style, and someone needs to turn the thing up upside down. But it's not like I have individual beef with individual people. The one thing I did... And he is the cash cow. He's the, the king of this sport and UFC and MMA. It's Ariel Hawani. And I brought that thing up and I was surprised he didn't know about it. But then he tried to drill me about Luke Thomas and Brad Okamoto. I have no beef with any of those guys. I know. You literally wouldn't budge. And because uh, I have nothing bad to say about yeah. them. Like, it's not like I'm going to sit here and talk trash. You know, you never, even in general, here's a bit behind the scenes. You don't have anything bad to say about anyone. Because, and here's the thing about that, and this is a lesson to everyone who's trying to excel at their own craft, it's if you're too busy focused on what other people are doing, you're not going to pay attention to what you need to do and what makes you unique and what's going to separate you from the pack. So I'm focused on what I need to do to be better. I'm not focused on what this journalist is doing and that doing. When people zig, I like to zag. Mm -hmm. And I like that about you too, because you do that too, especially in the past year plus. Oh, thank you. I try. Um... Yeah, but then also have to bring this part up, too, because I can't believe, was this our first time when we drove back from California? Because we've made that drive from Vegas to California plenty of times. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I do. That The first time we tried the ice cream. Eddie's World? Not Edie's World? Eddie's World? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, because that the, was really good. the one time we stopped there, it was closed pre-pandemic and it was like 11 or 12 at night yeah um so the ice cream part was closed and we heard good things and i'm an ice cream connoisseur you are a food connoisseur in general i eat so much food yeah i know but it's okay i do too I have a problem controlling it's, it i'd much rather you have it the problem eating too much than too little because you can always sure. lose weight yeah i mean but look i'm built five feet ten there it's a lot of body to feed yeah uh, raw American steel, no twist, but sex appeal. 
Thank you. Um, yeah. And American, because you were obviously born here in Vegas. Yeah, born and raised in Vegas, but I am full Chinese. I am five feet ten. Which is tall for a female. I know, so tall. Look, I will never wear heels. But I'd like to think all your swimming as a kid stretched out your limbs quite a bit, you know, stretching out your arms and legs, probably add an extra two, three inches during uh, your growth And my broad shoulders, yeah. Yeah. I have super broad shoulders, duck feet. (laughs) Okay, there's a little side note, because speaking of feet, I mean, you know how some people, they like looking at feet. How many feet requests do you get in your Instagram on a monthly basis? Uh, well... Years ago, now I think people just, they're afraid to mess with the schmo. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they don't, I actually, ever since we've been together, I don't really get many requests because I, I think they respect you and they're they're scared of the yellow glasses and that schmo sash. Respect. Yeah. Respect. But back then I will say, and why I purposely cut my feet out of pics, you know, is because... Years ago, there was this guy who kept, like, begging me. Like, he's like, oh, I'll pay you X amount if you just show me pics of your feet. I just, I have this big foot fetish. And I'm like, and it was on Facebook. He was messaging me this. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I got so creeped out. I I blocked him. I, I was like, look, I'm you're going to make me puke. And then, um, yeah, so I just, I never show feet. And you don't want to see my feet. I mean, they're big. They look like fins. I have wide feet. I I mean, they're not ugly. I love your feet. I love everything about you. We're we're dating. If I, that would be terrible if I said, oh, this is oh yeah, it goes whatever. Yeah, your feet are wide, but that's good. It's like flippers, <laughs> you know. It's, it definitely helps you with your uh, flutter kick in the in the pool. Strong kicking. It's good. Um, no, but like, and that, it's funny we bring this up too, and that's why I brought it up. The amount of shit of crap of the that guys send DMs to chicks on social media is absolutely absurd. It's yeah. obnoxious. And especially if you're someone of prominence like you, someone in the media, especially, um, where people just think they can hide behind their keyboard, be those keyboard warriors, and say whatever the hell they want That's true. to say whatever grotesque BS and anything. And the worst thing you can do, and we've gone through this, and you don't, is to respond to these people. If you take a screenshot, if you acknowledge them or anything, you're empowering them but worse, you're empowering the next person to see how they can top it. So you're if right. you give anybody any of that attention, you're just doing it to yourself. No, and that's why I need to start doing some yoga and stuff, like what you've been trying to suggest. Shmoga. Me. Shmoga to, you know, work on my inner zen. That works. Meditation it. works. So yoga yeah. is just a form of meditation. Everyone should have it. When I was doing all my long distance running, you get the runner's high little different from a uh, a marijuana high but it's a high nonetheless where you're just in the zone and sometimes when yeah. you're out doing a 20 mile run it feels like you're just gliding and six miles go Oof. by and you're like well six miles you know that I, never I would, happened to me well while the runner's high wouldn't happen i'll three miles in four miles in to be like okay i'm six seven eight miles into a, a run this is when i start coasting yeah well that happens to me swimming but um and that's probably why I'm getting into getting back into swimming, which I'm excited Gives for. Gives everybody something to do. So yeah. now here's the interesting thing. We're going to release this podcast. It's today. It's Tuesday. Yeah. But tomorrow, Wednesday, the 27th, that's when we officially know that this card, like, because I think that I don't think anything's been released from the, 
the Nevada State Athletic Commission. But, well, even last week when we spoke to Bisping, he was like, I'll see you guys in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. So it's I guess I guess it's pretty much assumed and everything's going to be here in Vegas. They're going to yeah. do all these fight cards, but then it'll be interesting because we're approaching June, Dana White's Contender Series. That's always held at the Apex. It's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see how everything gets connected. But, man, we are in the best sport. We're yes. in the best time. Um, in the best city. In the best city. I'll say that. Your city. I moved here. Um, best city outside of three months of the year. That's always going to be Chicago. Memorial Day to Labor three Day. Three months are the winter time here. Uh, well, well, Memorial Day to Labor Day. Like right now, uh, there is a pandemic, but this is the best time to be in Chicago. We got to get back to Chicago before Labor Day. I know. We'll I find really want the hot dogs with the french fries. Gene and Jude's shout out. That's great. Oh, there's so many good spots. There's so many places we haven't been to that I got to take you to. There's I love Chicago food. But that's why I was so fat as a kid. But that was also the first time I learned that you don't put ketchup on a hot dog. No, they won't let you. They'll kick you out. Don't put ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> I love ketchup. I could eat it by itself. Ketchup's great. Put it on a burger. It's not on a hot dog. Okay. Noted. Yeah. And then if we go to Wisconsin, get some beer battered brats, some cheese curds. Oh, damn. Yeah. Play some disc golf with our boy Ben Askren that you brought I, up earlier. We need to, yes. Oh, Shout out Ben Askren. Yeah, but Funky, see, see, Funky would be great to have here in Podcast Studio, too. We'll get him in. We'll get everybody in. It's just obviously some momentum gets slowed down a little bit by a global pandemic. But it's not going to stop us because we're back hey. on the mend. And I'm sure everyone's been slowed down by this pandemic, so it's okay. So we you remain know, we, optimistic and you keep yes, working, keep hustling. Yes, we keep grinding during this time. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've been working hard and even soldiering our P90X stuff. Yes. And uh, so just with that, my meniscus, you know, I had this PRP treatment four days ago or so. And um, I'll, I'll be... Again, doing some stretching. Stopped having pain going up and down the stairs yesterday. So, functionality. And working. you carried the five gallon jugs today. Yeah, Car carried the we, water jugs. We have water jugs, so we don't like use water bottles or a Brit. See, I, I don't know about the water quality here in Nevada, but that Brita filter we had for our water was making there us more like thirsty. There were like the little seeds inside, or so we got that machine. We went to Lowe's and then we got the five gallon water. So then we just refill those every couple of days and have a lot of water. Yeah, but I drink so much water, it's bad. It's okay. I mean, it's, I guess it's good, but I'm saying... It's yeah. Best beverage you can drink in this world. Um, Helen, let's let's wrap this thing up. What, what? Any final thoughts leading into May 30th? You know, fight cards, any predictions? Uh, you know, uh, I think for Tyron me... Tyron Woodley. Tyron mm -hmm. Woodley, you know, our podcast sponsor, mybookie.ag, using the promo code SchmoZone. There are fights this week. Go ahead and use it. MyBookie.ag, they match up to 50% of what you put in, up to $1,000. You put in $500, bucks, they will throw in another $250. You put in $200, bucks, they will throw in $100. You get where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Use the code SchmoZone. Place some bets. Um, Tyron Woodley wanted uh, Gilbert Burns in a five-round fight, bringing him into the depths, to the deep-sea depths, the dog fighting, and Gilbert Burns coming off some impressive victories. I think he knocked out uh, Damian Maya over in Brazil in his last fight. Um, mm -hmm. First round. First round. So uh, Tyron's a great wrestler. Um, uh, Gilbert Burns has excellent jiu-jitsu. They're both not going to be afraid to stand on their feet. Hey, if you want to bet on this, mm -hmm. I think this is for sure going to championship rounds. I think so. You know, I oh, think yeah. that fight's going to championship rounds. I, I 
think it's going to be a decision victor for the one who wins that fight as well uh it, and, and 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 you asked for a prediction too um did you ask for a prediction or am i assuming you're asking for a prediction? no you're assuming i was just gonna add i'm interested to see how tyron woodley looks because remember the last fight was the usman fight so i'm interested to see just i mean how he looks now right because that was when he lost the title and um and before that, I mean, he was, besides that Stephen Thompson, the draw, like he was on a great run, you know? Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that's where I was going with a quote-unquote prediction. It's which Tyron Woodley shows up. Yes. If the Tyron Woodley hungry, motivated, looking like the greatest welterweight of all time. Who like knocked looked, out Robbie Lawler. Yes, he was looking like, like he like was on a trajectory. Like think about it. If he would have beaten Usman, right? You can make an argument he's fighting GSP for greatest welterweight of all time. Like he's mm -hmm. in the, he's inserted himself in that conversation for goat at welterweight. But after that fight, you got, you know, obviously the music career and everything like going on. He's got his TMZ show. It's all about motivation. If you get the best Tyron Woodley, I like Tyron Woodley. But yes. if you get anything less than that and knowing how Gilbert Burns has been fighting and the mission he's on, I like Gilbert. But it just exactly. depends on which Tyron Woodley shows up. I know. And I mean, that that's what just makes this kind of hard to make that prediction. Because like you said, it, it's all about, yeah, which Woodley's going to show up. How's he going to look after and then, the Usman And then the, all the all, only other fight I want to bring up, too, was Antonina Chevchenko. Yes. Because we're probably going to have the Chevchenko sisters on this podcast at one point. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that. Um, I think that Antonina fighting uh, Caitlin Chukagian. Yes, Chukagian. Chukagian. Sorry, I, sometimes like the enunciation gets jumbled up in here. Oh, Thanks for okay. correcting it. Um, I think that's fascinating because he's just coming off a loss to her sister. Yeah, I. That's that's very interesting to me. Fighting sisters and Caitlin's obviously still in the top five, top four in the rankings, and I think um, Antonina is like top fifteen. I don't. I'm sure she's even top ten, but. You're you're fighting someone who's a lot lower in the rankings, but it's extremely dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, you know that fighting style. Um, I think that that says a lot about Caitlyn too. Just trying to beat this style, avenge a loss in a way. Um, intriguing, very yeah, intriguing. And because if Antonina wins, where does that put her? Right. Right. It's it's risky. It's a very yeah, risky. Yeah, Caitlyn's number two. Jessica I's number one. Yeah. That, ranked one right that, now. That stylistically, the Chevchenkos fight in a very difficult manner for Caitlin. That's the way I see it. So that's that's one to circle and I keep know, your eye on. I mean, on. but I'm saying like, so if she beats Caitlin, does she fight well, her sister? No, no. That, that doesn't I mean, mean she's, I know they'll never like. I don't they think won't fight. fight. But I'm just saying like that's why like. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think surprised. well, top ten for sure. You know, top seven, top eight, maybe. You know how these rankings go. Yeah. But um, I, I just think it's unique. And if they were ever in a situation, that's the best case scenario for the sisters is be in a position where they can fight each other. Um, yeah. Then what you're talking, probably Valentina will go test herself up again against Amanda Nunes at 135. True. You I know, think she's another yeah. top pound for pound. Yeah, so like I, think, I think they'd figure something out. But that's a good problem to have, right? You're right. And they're so nice. Yes. I, I love... 
the bond that they have. And I think I love it so much also because I have a sister a few years older. Greatest sisters in yes. MMA history. Like, uh, I think you put them in the conversation with greatest siblings in MMA history. You got mm -hmm. the Diaz brothers up there, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fun things we can do with this. But yeah, so I think that's my overall takeaway there. I love that we have fights on May 30th. Yeah, I, I love that the fights are back and things slowly seem like it's starting to be more open in general, right? Right. So let's so, let's get life back to uh, some level of normalcy and we'll stay positive. Stay positive. That's the most important thing. Control what you can control. Uh, Schmozone podcast, episode 17. I'm Helen E. Sports. And I'm going to end this as Dave Schmolenson, the Schmozone podcast. We're out. Thank <laughs> you.